Hi, my name is Libby Tozer and you're listening to the She Is Seen podcast. Today I'm recording on Narendra land and I'm chatting to Kara, who is a mindset coach and an incredible human who works with us in the Circular She membership and in the She Is Seen community in general. She's got lots of wisdom and all sorts to offer, but we had a chat a couple of weeks ago and realised she's had some really big stuff going on in her life that correlates with things that are going out on in the world that are affecting lots of people. So we're going to jump into that soon. But I thought I might start... Do you want to introduce yourself, Cara, in any way before I start rabbiting on about who knows what? Sure. Well, you've done a pretty beautiful job of it so far. Thank you. And thank you so, so much for having me in this space and, and within, you know, working with your community has just been an absolute privilege. I love our monthly mini masterclasses that I run within your membership group there. And, you know, just having been invited in the first place to, you know, to do what I love doing, which is to really peel back the layers of, you know, of us as women within the community and specifically, you know, as mums, that's, you know, it's my jam. It's what I love to do. So yeah, thank you for, for giving me this space to do that in. And I guess, yeah, you know, the, the, the tools that I use specifically uh, over the course of the last few years, I've d- dove really, really deep into the neurolinguistic programming space, NLP for short, which is tied into timeline therapy, which is a really popular style of treatment, use, you know, tapping into the unconscious mind, which is where we store all of our gold and it's been really, really popular and super, super effective uh, tool that I use to support women to really peel back a lot of, you know, a lot of the things that we have going on in, in all the millions of hats that we wear and that we can become quite lost in. Yeah. And so that has been, you know, it's been such an incredible um, technique that I have learnt to support myself first and foremost and then been able to bring out into the world and and more recently as you know Libby I've just um just completed my hypnotherapy training as well so I'm now fully qualified hypnotherapist as well which is really fucking cool <laughs> <laughs> you've had all sorts you've had all sorts going on so I'd, and yeah you bring a just such amazing energy to the group. So it's always lovely having you in there. And I know you've got your own little online community as well that people can connect with you and you've always got such good energy. And I think, and a, a real rawness that is relatable. So, oh yes. Oh yes. This mama here, she's raw. <laughs> yes. And we, which leads well into what we're about to talk about. Cause this is like, we're going in, we're going into massive overshare territory. So. <laughs> I, I don't know any other way. Ask anyone who knows me for five minutes. I don't know any other way. We're either all in or not at all, right? <laughs> That's right. So to start a bit gentler, so obviously like she's seen for me is about sharing stories and shifting shame and owning the skin that we're in. But for you, if you think back to when you first got involved with the movement, do you remember what first attracted you to it and and maybe now what your perception of the movement is? Yeah, I, I remember exactly what attracted me to it in the first instance, and that was 
purely that my whole attraction to peeling back layers of us is just so congruent with what you're doing, you know, in that shedding back any of that, any of the shame that's surrounding our bodies, our lumps, our bumps, our scars, the things that make us amazing and give us the most incredible stories to tell are ridiculously shadowed by shame. Mm. And, you know, it should not be that way. It need not be that way. And so I feel like your and my my messages and the things that we're so passionate about are very much in alignment with peeling that back for, for women and us being loud and proud of who we are, no matter our size and all the stories and things that we come with. I love them. Um, yeah. Awesome. And my, my very first, experience with having literally shed the layers of my clothing in the middle of bloody where were we Port Elliot on the beach there was just it was so symbolic of the internal work that I had been doing leading up to that phase as well and it really shifted at upper level to physically and symbolically you know remove the layers of protection you know, it was just in such alignment with the with the types of work that I do, you know, within our within our mindset. And so mm-hmm. it really just it went hand in hand. And it was quite considering how confident I you know, I've worked a lot on my confidence over the over the last few years. And I think, you know, I thought that it, it really just sealed the deal. It was really the icing on the cake to actually do like to, to be a part and to participate in such an incredible movement surrounded by the energy there was just insane. Like it's, it always is, you know? Yes. <laughs> just to have that amount of empowerment within a group of, of women and, and to be sharing those vulnerabilities as well. It, it's like, it's just bloody magnificent. And it's just such an incredible spark of genius that you've had creating this whole thing with me, you know? Oh. It's been good. It's been good. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes not so much. Tiny little nutshell. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So today we're actually going to talk about abortion. So I guess we should have a trigger warning for abortion about now. So choose whether you want to continue listening or not. But I think I'll just hand the space back over to you. Does that work, Cara? Sure. Yeah. So the topic of today is is abortions and and it's because I recently experienced one and it shook me up a shit ton more than I ever anticipated that it would. And and it's for that reason that I've really felt so in, super inclined to want to share it with the world because I really feel like it's something that is surrounded by a lot of shame and mm-hmm. that it's not talked about. It's quite a taboo topic within the moment that I was going through it. I didn't know who I could turn to, but you know, whether it was okay. And, and obviously having all the, you know, the deep set of, of tools and techniques that I already have, like I just thought to myself, well, if, if I'm not okay in this moment, then, you know, what's, what are other people going through and how, can we support each other to go through this easier and in a better way and with more love and compassion than what is currently 
available to us. It mm-hmm. feels like a really cold space to be in. And I guess I wanted to be able to share my story so that I could provide some warmth and some comfort and some understanding and compassion for other women who have gone through it already themselves or who may go through it in the future. Yep. Awesome. And I think I was just thinking as well when I can't quite remember how this came up in conversation for us, but I know a couple of weeks ago we were talking about the leaked info, like the data breach leaked information. And I remember seeing on the news that there had been women who had had abortions or terminations for whatever reason, whether it was by choice or failed pregnancy or whatever had had their this information leaked by hackers so I'm like this is such a space that people those women depending on where they are within their own journey like I mean no one's stuff should be leaked it's horrendous but it's big at the moment and then also obviously with all the stuff overseas it's a it's a really big topic and I think there is whenever I talk to anybody about it that has experienced an abortion there is generally a lot of trauma and shame from my perception that hangs around and yeah that's what Mm. that's what we're about shifting shame by sharing stories so here we are and and who knows why we come up with the things that we do at the time that we do right and it was just you know miraculously timed as it always is with us there was so much emotion surrounding that at the time and so I've already I've got two children our I've got currently I've got a six-year-old she's nearly seven and a 18 month old who's going on 20 (laughs) and had been really quite open about any more than two children in my life is my worst nightmare that's like just you know I couldn't wait to get through the newborn phase so that I could start, you know, getting some of my life back and, and, and my life is, you know, next to motherhood is a very close second and sometimes in first place is my business. My business yep. is my, my second born child. <laughs> and she, and she, you know, I value my business as highly as my family. They are often conflicting values of mine. <laughs> but, um, but I, I was really quite open in, you know, and so when we found out that I had accidentally fallen pregnant, I was, I was really fucking angry. I mm-hmm. got really angry to start with. I thought, how cruel is this considering our second child took three years to conceive? Oh, really? And, I didn't yeah. Know so it just felt like a little bit of a, you know, an evil. <laughs> trick of of the universe and so I just went into masses of resentment (laughs) and that as we all know it's I mean I'm not sure what resentment means to you but for me it's as such a debilitating emotion it's really ugly it's a really ugly emotion that just it does you know it's it's the farthest from my best self that I can get Mm-hmm. I became really spiteful and was quite, I shut, I shut, shut down, you know, I shut my husband out, I blamed him and it was so much easier to be resentful and blame him than it was to take on the next level of emotion, which I discovered through doing really intense 
hypnotherapy, or when I say really intense, I, I really probably shouldn't actually say really intense because it was it was literally one session that took about 45 minutes mm-hmm. that where we really unlocked that resentment and that anger for me. And once I was able to, to shift through that, I then struck the gold of what I was not wanting to feel, and that was the guilt for mm-hmm. allowing myself to have got, you know, to have to have to have fucked up like this, mm-hmm. you know, because then, you know, <laughs> once and once I then acknowledged that guilt, I then had an, a session to remove that guilt using hypnotherapy and timeline therapy. And this was through external coaches and both of the coaches I worked with actually were blokes in this particular. um, Yeah, which was quite interesting. I worked during my hypnotherapist training. We, we come in with real life problems and we use the techniques that we use on each other to solve real life problems. So Mm -hmm. you get it, you get a like a double kind of a whammy when you go and you, you, you're paying for not only to, you know, to learn how to use this technique on other people, but you're also getting your own self-development journey out of it. And it's super intensive because you're there, this, you know, it was 70 hours over seven days. And well. yeah, it's powerful as fuck. Like, and it's, it's just such a good, uh, it's, yeah, it's honestly, it's the best thing. <laughs> it's the best thing in the world. So I've come out of uh, the other end of this hypnotherapy training, just completely different physically feeling lighter everything seemed brighter I felt so much more clarity around everything that I'd been through and I'd gone from having this casing of shame and guilt and resentment and anger which was Mm -hmm. really weighing me down and I did not realize how heavy it was it, it had caused me to be until I didn't feel it anymore and then I was like wow I've been in a really dark space for this last so it would have been all up four or five weeks that I was living in that awful after the that's uh, after the abortion yeah after the the whole process of finding out the pregnancy it took a couple of weeks before the actual abortion could happen because you know a medical system at the moment you can't get in anywhere without mm-hmm. it being pre-planned <laughs> so you know by, the, yeah. time in, by right. the time I went in for the actual appointment and and I opted I opted to take the pill option so I was within within the eight week uh, not or nine week barrier. So I opted to do the pill where you have you take it at home and then you you pass the fetus at home. No one during the three hours that we were at the hospital for in and out of the the different the series of appointments that you have. No one mm-hmm. prepared me at all for what was going to happen and it was pretty horrific yeah i i expected that it would be more along the lines of of passing a clot and it was actually a whole lot more formed than that and yeah i had no idea really of what to expect and so that really shook me for you know for there was about a week or two after before Mm. i hypnotherapy hypnotherapy couldn't have been any better timed but yeah, it, it was like it imprinted. Have you ever had a really kind of seen something that's you've then been able to see it in your mind, whatever, wherever you look, it's almost like a, it's almost just like following you. Like, yeah, you know, and it was just this image I just couldn't get out of my mind. Mm-hmm. 
every time I, yeah, close my eyes, I could just see this, you know, I could just see this little fetus on the floor of my shower. It was, it was horrific. And I just, I felt so underprepared for that. And even though I was so solid in my decision, you know, I, I, I went down the path of what does life look like with three children? Mm-hmm. And it was just flat out full body fuck knows from me every time. I'm a, I'm a sacral. I make decisions with my sacral. And it was, you know, it was no, it was no, it was no. Like I knew I was doing the right thing, but it's still, it was still really, really hard. And I just, I didn't know who I could, I could go to with this, who I could talk mm. to about it. This is, and it's for this reason that, you know, when we, we inevitably, we just ended up on the phone together a couple of weeks ago and, and for whatever reason it came up and you were like, we need to talk about this. And I, and I said, yes, like, you know, we need to let other people know that it's okay to talk about it, that you're not alone and that your decision is your decision. It's your body. It's your choice, but we need to get it out because it is still a traumatic thing. You know, it's mm-hmm. still a traumatic experience that if we were to harbor that within our bodies and within our minds and not properly shift through it, then that's the sort of shit that does damage to you later. That's the kind of things that we potentially can hold on to, push down, and that's the kind of thing that generates into a disease later on in our life. And if yeah. we don't properly shift through these these emotions and go through the emotions and feel the feels but then actually have that support to get out and pull yourself out the other side, then that's where, you know, you, you're treading in on dangerous terrain. That's yep. my wholehearted belief. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting you talk – I didn't even know about the pill that you could take a pill to. I, I knew, like, that you could have a morning-after pill, but I didn't know that you could take an abilt, a pill to an abortant fetus. So, so because it's just so unspoken about, isn't it? And I know a lot of people that yes. have had abortions, and I also – I think it just the same sort of feelings ring through whether they were people that had abortions, you know, 40 years ago or 20 years ago. And even, yeah, as, as young kids, like they, you know, young teenagers who had them and it was the best thing for them at the time, but the mm. processing, yeah, can be huge. And, and I think you're definitely right as well. Really ongoing. If you don't have the, right. if you don't have the right tools. Or, yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, because those things they they stick with us otherwise, and this is why this is why techniques like timeline therapy, which you and I've also talked a little bit about, are so powerful in that sometimes we don't realize the impact of an event or a time and space that has had on us and how we've carried mm-hmm. that life. So one really interesting exercise that we did in in sorry to bang on about hypno, it's but it's recent. <laughs> in my mind was we we explored boredom and I in the first mm. was like well boredom's not a thing for me like I don't believe in boredom I never get bored I don't I I feel like there's always something to do and in that and if there's not then like I embrace the time that there isn't something to do right so I had this whole thing about do we have to do boredom blah 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 you wouldn't believe the incredible shift that happened, the things that I actually realised about how I don't allow boredom actually oh. in my life. But that feels more relatable to me. Right. It all stemmed back to this moment in time where I was three years old that I went back to within my unconscious mind using timeline therapy, like under under hypnosis, and 
it was a feeling of being alone that created mm-hmm. this boredom. And I was like, holy shit. I had this massive revelation that this was why I filled my life up so much the way that I had over the course of my 20s. It's really just only started petering off in the last five or six years where I've really started stripping back and, you know, like I enjoy, I used to invite like a hundred people to every birthday and then I'd get so overwhelmed and I'd be so depleted from like having it had so many people in my space. Now I've, you know, slowly but surely pulled that back and started, um, I'm definitely quality over quantity these days, but that, that realization only just occurred a few weeks ago in hypno and, and I just thought, holy shit. So here I am thinking boredom wasn't a thing for me. I didn't allow it to be a thing because of the loneliness and the whatever it meant to me and what, for whatever reason, I'd protected myself from ever feeling bored again. So I'd, Filled my life. You ask, you ask anyone, ask anyone that knows me. They're like, Kara's got everything jotted down to the minute, you know, in her diary. Like my, one of my mates just paid me out about it again the other week. I said, I don't do that anymore, mate. He said, Oh, I know you at 11 minutes past three, you'll be like, you've got to call and you've got to do that. And I was, <laughs> we had a laugh about it, but it did used to be me. And it wasn't until I realized about, you know, shifting, shifting boredom through timeline therapy and hypnosis that, mm-hmm. that that's why I was like, wow. So we don't know until we know. You don't know yeah. what to look for until you're kind of guided into the right direction to do things. And so if you leave trauma, you know, untouched and unprocessed and mm-hmm. live like still sitting within our minds and within our bodies, and then that's where you know, things come up and come out of us in at inopportune times and in ways that are less than desirable. You know, you might find that you really, you know, quick draw to, to like lose your shit at the drop of the hat. Why? Why are you losing your shit at the drop of the hat? Why, you know, why is it, why is this particular thing triggering you? What is it about that that made you go off just now? You know, or mm. whatever it might be, whatever it's happening within you, but why? You know, and it's about uncovering that stuff and and moving yeah, through, so, learning from it. Yeah, and for for me, it's coming up even a little bit of a like I think it's coming up in my life, but I'm noticing it in this conversation with you as well. Like the busyness is a distraction, and also I'm just thinking back to the start of our conversation, and you were saying you had all the resentment towards the towards the universe for like why am I in this position, and I think. For me, I don't know if it's relatable to you, but for me, I think we've we've kind of got ourselves in society in the moment, depending what our backgrounds are. But I feel like we've we've got everything externally, like oh, why is the universe doing this to me? And I thought I, I'm having a thing, like I thought I was being guided in this direction, and why is this happening? But it's like we've, you know, the trust the universe thing. Like it's like we're just handing over our handing over control to trust the universe in a yeah not yeah not handing over control right. that's not the right thing but or our power or allowing an external force to dictate our direction is that where you're going with this yeah yeah in like it's like in the, and and I almost mean to come back in like a spiritual bypassing kind of way like oh well this was obviously yeah. meant to be on your path. So like, why do we talk such and, shit? <laughs> because it's true. And this is why. So this is where I was going to do a full circle back on that. And, you know, 
no surprises here that you like brought that circle full you know yes you right now because these things already by day two in the depths of this sadness and this guilt and resentment and anger that I was feeling and I and I hadn't had the work at, at this stage obviously it was day two and I already thought to myself I need to feel this for a reason I know that I'm now that once I'm on the other side of this that I'm going to be able to share this that I'm going mm-hmm. to be able to create and support other women through this and that yep. That is why I believe wholeheartedly that until we are, until we learn any lesson that is shown to us, we will be continuously put back into that lesson until we learn from it, until we up level from it, until we upgrade from it. We're going to have the same thing just coming back around and back around and back around until we recognize it and say, what lesson is it that I've been, that I'm being shown by the universe here now? What is it that I need to know about this space that I'm in, this, this experience that I'm having, this, you know, why do these people keep doing this fucking thing to me? Whatever it is, right? Whatever mm-hmm. you go through is, is being shown to you for a reason for you to be educated from and to learn from and to grow from. And mm-hmm. that's where, that's where I feel like, yep, trusting the process, knowing that whatever's going to come out of it is going to put you up on another level and, send you further along your journey of growth and involvement. That's mm-hmm. my part of belief about why the universe sometimes throws us massive curveballs. Yep. And it's just, you know, how we navigate those curveballs, that is the moment where you grow. Yep. Which, oddly, <laughs> I'm liking the circles of this conversation, um, leads into what I wanted to kind of conclude what we're talking about I feel like there are so for a person in your situation maybe if we even look at it in steps are you comfortable doing that like like first obviously you've just I'm just wondering if we just pick at your wisdom like around steps so like the first one being like how have have you got any advice for someone if say they found out they're pregnant they know they don't want to have a child yeah. You know what, what what's the first steps there? I would love to share. I think it's really, really important to take a deep dive into both scenarios. So it's a technique that in NLP we call two futures. Mm-hmm. It's where you really you look down one future. Okay, what does my future look like in three months, six months, twelve months, five years, ten years, twenty years from now, however far you, far along the line you want to go. What does my life look like if I make this decision now? What does my life look like if I make this decision now? You can use it for any type of decision that you have in your life, and I used it. Obviously, what does my life look like if we choose not to have this baby? What does life look like if we choose to have this baby? Mm -hmm. And the the trick is, the key is, is to really dive deep into it. Really don't, you know, don't bloody – Surface level it, right? Just go in hard. Be like, okay, this is the reality of, you know, this situation. And you go and you, you best to journal it, to write it down, to get it out somehow out of your head. It needs to be seen. It needs to be somewhere where you can, you know, and you just, you just go to town on it. Just where does my, what's my life look like in three months, six months, 12 months, five years, 10 years, 20 years time? 
if I make decision A and then you do the same for decision for your other, for your, you know, your alternating the thing that you're deciding on. Mm. So that is the very first thing that I personally did to mm. make sure I really knew which future I wanted and what was best for me, for us and for our family, but ultimately for me yeah. because it's a big, we all know it, it lands on mum. This is, you know, there's no, no matter how supportive dad is and my, and our, you know, my girl's dad and my husband are thousand percent supportive, incredible, amazing, totally hands on. He's like, you know, the husband, everyone, <laughs> everyone wants, but still it ultimately it, it was my, you know, it landed on me. So yeah. the two futures technique super can be, can be really helpful in helping you make any kind of decision. So from there, once that decision was made, it was, yeah, I mean, I suppose the, the next steps that I took were around putting this, the strategy into motion, the actual, you know, the process, working out like, you know, the logistics of, of it, of it all. And then after the fact, you know, or having taken the pill, so I knew that that was a four day process. If you opt to do the operation, then it's day surgery. I have had to have one of those before as well. We had a baby in between our girls who didn't, who I needed to have, I'm not sure what the right word is, evacuated, should we say? I think that's what it's potentially called. Yeah, she needed to be removed. A a DNC it's called, yeah. She needed to be removed surgically. And so I have had that type of, you know, you can have that as your as your abortion option as well. I think that's a, sorry, I was just, I was just going to, I think that's maybe a good, a good space to drop into for a second as well in that obviously your, this was a choice this time. But obviously mm. lots of women can be in a situation where it wasn't their choice to where it's not their choice to be having for a physical reason or for who knows. There's so many reasons. There's so many there complexities to, so to many. being alive that there's not, which is funny to have so much stigma, stigma around something, which is in no way a black and white subject. And there's so many. And you've had two quite different experiences with yes. it, obviously. And the thing that I think at the time of having done the pill, my husband and I both went, this shouldn't even be an option because it was quite horrific. Like it was, Mm -hmm. and like I said, we were completely underprepared for what that looked like and what, what it meant. And, you know, the the lovely people at the hospital didn't really give us much to go on. And I felt like though, but that having, Having had the pill and having it pass through me felt a bit more like um, a process that was, even though it was so much more intense than the operation, because mm-hmm. the operation you can sort of, it's a bit of a, I didn't see it happen. I didn't see, you know, I didn't see the baby. I didn't see, you know, I could sort of almost pretend it didn't happen in a way. Yeah. You know yeah. I mean? Whereas this was a full in your face sort of like, and, and I feel like we had no option but to shift, like, but to move through that process, like that, that full blown procedure needed to kind of mm-hmm. happen. And I am grateful for having experienced the both. Yeah. And I do think sometimes 
that can help with it being as, I don't know, intense as it needed to be, if that makes sense. It was almost an so de- honour so de- of the child or something. Yeah, okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so depending on the person's circumstance and headspace, would you have, – have you got a personal recommendation of which one you would – Yeah, I – if – absolutely depending on on your why, what what the reason was, I, I, I do think the DNC, the operation was definitely easier. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. if you've got if, and if you I guess if you don't have support systems around you and yep. that would be the better option. Yes. The- yes. And the hospital do offer some follow up counselling as well. Um Okay. But I knew my my preference in any sort of mindset support is through coaching and, and I've got such a beautiful coaches community coaching community around me so I knew that that was going to be my go-to but if that's your if you know if that's your only option I would I would absolutely put you know put yourself down for some support of some sort but you know and even if you get to that appointment and you still feel okay cool but absolutely put it in place because I think you don't really know how you're going to feel until after and that was the thing that really shook me I thought I thought I was, you know, I thought I had this, you know, and so it was quite surprising how much it messed with my shit considering how certain I was and how absolutely positive I was with the decision that we'd made. Yeah. So I think it can still, you know, it can still be quite, it can still sort of shape the ground that you walk on because, you know, sometimes you don't, yeah, you don't really you know, know what to expect and, and when you've had such a big thing like that happen and you've got to take into account all the bloody hormonal changes and stuff that we go through during that time as well. And so there's all of that coming into it as well. And oh, so, yeah. you, you know, you really do need to go for any kind of support that you have, you know, and and reach out and talk about it. And the more that I've talked about it, the more okay I am with it, the more mm-hmm. I've, I have realised that there's so many other women out there who have had one, yeah. who have, you know, who have been through the same similar things and then you suddenly realise how, you know, you're not alone and that it is okay to talk about it and that people support your decisions around your body, you know, a majority of the time. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but, you pick know, your, pick your, pick your people right. as well. Exactly. That's like, yeah, talk to the right people. Talk to and the right you, people for sure. And I think if you don't have them, Talk to the people that the hospital are giving you because they're, yes, they should, they should be the right people. Definitely. They're a good place to start. But I think, yeah, holding any stories in is, yeah, I'm also maybe a chronic oversharer, but yeah, it's not helpful letting it sit and fester inside you. No. There's stories of anything. No, not at all. Like, and, and it's funny because when you first told me about the, the hacking, the breach that had happened where, mm. you know, women's names have been released around uh, people that had had abortions throughout their life and, and I sort of, and I can, I can imagine there would be so many people out there who for all sorts of different reasons that would be, you know, that it could be potentially life threatening to them depending oh, yeah. on their religion and all sorts of different things that you, you know, when you think about it or, and there's so many different reasons for people needing terminations, but, but I sort of went, you know, and it's lucky that you and I are chronic oversharers because for us, it's not so daunting 
to be able to, or, you know, to, to have this sort of thing happen because I think, well, I'm, I'm so okay. I'm so healed from it. I'm so okay with it that you can't hurt me by releasing my information because I am in I'm, you know, I'm already in charge of and I've got my power back over my, mm-hmm. the own things, you know, the things that I've been through because of the shifts and the, and the, the ways that I have moved through things that have kept me stuck in the past. Mm-hmm. And that's where your power is, you know. If you can stand there and say, I'm, I'm healed from this and I'm okay with it now. And I'm, ta- I, I'm so within my power to talk about these things that have happened to me throughout my life and you've owned them and made them part of your story. Now you're proud of them. There's this whole different element. Once you're healed mm-hmm. from something, no one can do anything to say or, you know, to, to hurt you with that thing anymore. Once mm-hmm. you've healed that wound, it's like, it's yours now. It's your part of your story, part of who you are, and it's part of what makes you and creates you to be so powerful. Yeah. And like you said before, we just never know. We don't, we don't have all the answers and we don't necessarily know, you know, why, but perhaps there is, perhaps there is a space and, you know, hopefully someone's going to listen to this and, Thank you for your rawness and vulnerability. I think your story could make a really big difference in someone's life, probably more than one person. So thank you. Oh, thank you. Um, thank you again for, yeah, for giving me this opportunity to be able to share this story because, yeah, the more that more that we can learn from each other and grow with each other, you know, the more more power to us to us as women, to be seen, to be heard, and just to be, just to be ourselves. <laughs> uh. um, if people want to connect with you, <laughs> I will put links and everything with the show notes of the podcast and I'll share you on the socials, but where's the best place for people to get in contact with you to find out more about what you do or join one of your programs or you, your group? or? Well, my favourite social poison is my stories in Instagram. So okay. Cara Backsmack underscore in the minds is my Insta handle, but I love and I do drop regular stories in there and, you know, that's where I show up most frequently in my stories there. So, yeah, awesome. follow the links and we'll take you there. Come for a, come for a little jaunt through my container. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much. I'm going to chuck some resources, abortion resources, in with the show notes of this podcast episode as well for counselling and different places to reach out and get more information too. So thank you so much for today. That's been really amazing and a really amazing chat. You are so welcome. Thank you, Libby. Thanks for listening to She Has Seen the Podcast. I would love it if you could subscribe to the podcast and leave a rating or review to help us grow this wonderful community, which you're welcome to join and be part of in whatever way works for you. You can connect with us more on the socials or online at She Has Seen Movement. We would love to hear from you, so reach out, get involved and help us shift shame by sharing stories. Thank you for being here and showing up. This is your weekly reminder that you are enough exactly as you are in this moment. And actually, you're kind of amazing. So thank you and we'll talk to you soon.